Amen. Aren't you grateful for the Word? You know, tonight, when I, as I teach this, I want you to know I'm going to be teaching to me probably more than you because we have a job to do and it's an important job and we need to realize that God is not finished with any of us. You know, I used to, I used to uh, years ago when we started our church uh, up in Dumas, we went to the nursing home every Thursday morning. And we did that for years. We went to the nursing home every Thursday morning. So I kind of became their pastor, you know. And, and so the same people came every week. And every now and then someone would come in and out. And, of course, some of them went all the way to heaven. But um, <clears throat> as, as we were passing that, one day we had a project that, that we really felt like the Lord had called us to. Uh, and I, to- I asked them, I asked these, most of them were ladies, you know, and they're little ladies. And I said, I need you to help me. And they looked at me and they were so puzzled because they're like, well, what can we do? I mean, we're like in wheelchairs, in nursing homes, our families don't visit us. And we're just, you know, we're just hanging in here till Jesus takes us home. And they looked at me and I said, yes, you, I believe you can help me. And I, I looked at them and I said, how many of you can pray? And those ladies raised their hands, and I said, yeah, that's what I need more than anything else in this world. I need your prayer support. And I'm telling you, those ladies partnered with me, and that just helped me to realize that as long as we're on this planet, we still have a job to do. All of us have a job to do. We are to live by faith as long as we're on this planet. There will never come a time that we don't have to live by faith, have to get to live by faith. And the only way to live by faith is to take the word and believe what God says to us. And the scripture says that that faith is the thing that pleases God. Faith isn't complicated. Faith isn't getting God to give me a favor. Faith is getting God's will through me. That's what faith is about. It's getting God's thing, getting God's plan. It's not about me getting, uh, <clears throat> you know, whatever I want. And, and, you know, you do have to name things and claim them, but you don't have to blab them and grab them. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> okay? There, there's a difference in, in that. And, and, and we, we need to understand that the purpose, the purpose, we're here still to live by faith. There will never come a time that the word won't be important. You know, I know that we have to understand that our job is not over until we get there. And then we'll get a new job. You know, we're not just going to sit around for eternity and do nothing. Amen, because I don't want to just do nothing. All right, let me start what I want to teach here. Scripture says this in Proverbs 10:22. It says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, what what does that even mean? The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Most people think that the rich is a blessing. Well, if you're rich, you're just blessed. Well, that ain't what that passage said. When we read the verse, rich is a result of the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is not the rich. It's the result of the, I mean, the the blessing is what causes that to happen. 
The blessing of the Lord isn't the stuff. When the Lord makes a person rich, this is interesting, he adds no sorrow with it. The word sorrow means painful toil. It's not there. The root Hebrew word means worry. He adds no worry. Isn't isn't that something? I mean, the blessing of God makes you rich and you don't have to worry. It's not so much talking about worry about the money. There are a lot of things connected to money that are worryful, huh? I mean, if you get a bunch of money, a lot of, a lot of very, very wealthy people are so worried about how, if they can keep it. They're worried about people trying to steal it from them. They're, they're worried about that. Well, the, if it comes from God, there should be no worry in it and there's no pain in it. And, and so we don't have to have that. The Message Bible says it this way. God's blessing makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. I like that. I mean, it makes life good. The, the word rich in, in the Hebrew actually means, it means to make or grow rich or to accumulate. Now, that doesn't mean we get to be hoarders, but it does mean that God wants us to have the things. I learned a long time ago, God will let us have all that we can have and still keep him number one in our lives. As long as he's number one, he doesn't care what we have because he's number one. The New International Version says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. There's one translation called the voice translation. It says, The blessing of the eternal is what makes someone rich. And he doesn't add pain to it. Now, several weeks ago, I started talking about the blessing of the Lord. I got off track a little bit and started talking about the mind. And I'm going to go back to the mind maybe off and on for the next two or three times. But I want to go back here and talk about the blessing of the Lord just a few minutes. We, 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 we talked about, and I'm going to remind you what we talked about here. The blessing of the Lord is God's um, conferment on our lives. He conferred it in us, and it is to cause us to rise to the highest place. God wants you and I to rise to the highest place of his calling. He wants us to do what he's called us to do. As as the night is conferred knighthood upon, he rises in the authority of the king to do all that a knight is supposed to do. God conferred the blessing on every one of us so that we can rise to the highest place of his calling in our lives. All right? In Adam, God conferred blessing on all mankind. In Adam, he conferred it. In Adam, all mankind forfeited the blessing of the Lord. But in Jesus, we all regain access into God's blessing by faith. I'm just making some statements. We learned as we went. The blessing of the Lord is his declaration of assignment and his authority to carry it out along with the backing of his power. God, God put Adam and Eve in the garden and the first thing he did was bless them. We're going to talk about that a lot tonight. The riches, the stuff, the talent, all those things come from the blessing of the Lord. They are not the blessing of the Lord. You know, we talked about how that, you know, we've limited the blessing to, at you, bless you. You know, and and that's not, that's that's not, we talked about how that meant when they said bless you, that they, they believed that your spirit came out. And so you were saying bless you to get it back. People believe crazy stuff. But that's not the blessing. All right? The blessing, 
that comes from God is not some external thing, but but it, it's it's an internal reality that works its way out of us and brings manifestation of God's promise. So we've talked about it. We've seen that God, who is love, and we showed you where those scriptures were, He is goodness and He's compassion. He created the earth as a home for His family. God gave the earth to His family. He gave it to the man that He loves. We found that everything begins with God. Including the Bible, in the beginning, God. Everything begins with God. Everything begins with love. God is love. Everything begins with that. The last time we looked at the, we looked at this the command that God gave when He said, "Light be," and we saw that it was the very essence of God Himself that light light did that. It was released into all creation, and it's still being released because the universe continues to expand every day. Right after God said, "Light be," He demonstrated His creative process by releasing Himself in His Word, set an example for us as His family of creators. Do you realize we're that we're still creators? We create the same way God creates with His Word speaking it, and He left us in charge of the earth. Yeah, but I thought the devil was the god of this world. We've got to read the whole New Testament to realize that he's, he he has been defeated. And he left man in charge of the earth. So we're going to look at that. God cannot change. What God intends for man has not been canceled by sin. Just because Adam sinned doesn't mean that everything God intended was canceled. The fact that Jesus became sin for us declares that God's purpose is still valid. Okay, Because Jesus did that. All right, we've read each week when I've taught, taught on this from Galatians chapter 3, 13, and 14, we saw that we now have the blessing of Abraham. It comes to unbelievers by faith. We have the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham came from Adam through Noah. All right, so we, we, we'll, we probably will talk about that more later on. But now it's upon us through Jesus and our faith in him. The scripture says that we are the seed of Abraham that received the blessing of the Lord in Genesis. We're his seed. The scripture says in Galatians 3.29, And if you be Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we have this blessing that God gave to Adam. He repeated to Noah and that went to Abraham. Okay, we have that blessing through Jesus Christ. That's really enough to shout about. The scripture says that Abraham, in in Genesis 26.1, it says Abraham was blessed in all things. He was able to rise to the highest place in all things. So this Abraham was blessed and we have that blessing. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1 and look at a couple of things here. The scripture says in verse 26, Genesis, you've read these verses, I feel certain. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God 
blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So now, Man is now created in the image of God. The Living Bible says it this way. Let us make a man, someone like ourselves, and let them be the masters of all of life. So God made this man like himself with the intention that man would rule planet earth like God rules heaven. Let me read you a passage of scripture here. I was going to read it later, but let me read it right now. In Psalm 115, verse 16, it says this, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth he hath given to the children of men. What, it, what that basically says is, like God rules heaven, man is to rule the earth. Wow, that's pretty good. Well, we're going to find some more about that as we go here. As God rules heaven, man should rule the earth. God created man to have dominion. Now, when I say man, I'm not talking about masculine. I'm talking about human, human beings. God created us to have authority and dominion in the earth. In the beginning... God supplies this man with everything that he would ever need when he announced the blessing, pronounced it upon this mankind. He said, he said, he, he gave him whatever he needed so he could do whatever God told him to do. First of all, he gave man authority, gave him dominion over all the earth. Christians need to have authority. We have this blessing. We understand we have authority. And God gave this man seed. Did you hear when we're reading it? He gave him authority. He gave him dominion and he gave him seed. Whatever man might need, he simply needed to sow a seed. This is pretty good stuff. We have this mistaken idea that all that Adam had to do was sit around all day eating grapes. Okay, that he just had this life of leisure, you know. But God gave him authority, and he gave him seed. And we know that's in effect today because Jesus brought us the blessing of Abraham that came from Noah, from Adam. We have authority. We have seed. Now, I'm getting ready to chase a rabbit for a second. What is seed? In Scripture, there are four kinds of seed. Four. There are seed, talks about the seed like the, the wheat seed that is sown into the ground and produces the wheat stalk. Another type of seed that the scripture talks about is, is uh, the seed of money. Money is referred to as a seed in the scripture. It's a seed. Your life is a seed. The scripture refers to your life as a seed that you can sow. And the word is a seed. Whatever you need... You can get by sowing a seed. If it's your life. Now you, if you want watermelons, you can't sow corn seeds. You've got to know what kind of seed to sow. And you've got to know where to sow it. 
Some people say, well, I just sow my, I just sow my time as a seed. Well, that's kind of like sowing your life as a seed. But if you needed money and God instructed you to sow money, then you, that, you're, you're, that's not the right seed. You've got to sow that seed. Mostly what you need to sow is the seed of God's word into your heart. Because that's the seed that's going to guide you to whatever else needs to happen. Because the Holy Spirit is going to talk just like that. That's what he's going to sound like. So he gave us seed and he gave us authority. That's really something. If you think about the first words that Adam ever heard, it was the voice of God pronouncing blessing. Man, today people think the voice of God pronounces judgment on them. No, no, the voice of God is the one that's calling you up. It's calling you to rise to this place of his blessing, right? But the blessing of God wasn't just the words. It was the authority of heaven backing up the words. God was saying, not only do I give you dominion, but I'm providing my ability to do whatever it takes to accomplish my will. He's still saying that. Contrary to popular belief, when God blessed Adam and Eve, he wasn't just saying have a bunch of babies. That wasn't what he was talking about here. He said to them, he said, be fruitful and multiply. That literally says increase and have abundance in every way. God wasn't talking about just having, you know, a bunch of kids. He said, I want you to increase. I want your life to increase. That's why, that's why the scripture says that he will increase us more and more, us and our children. God doesn't want us to stay the same. We need to be increasing. There's a kingdom that needs to be advanced. And none of us are too old to advance it. There's a kingdom for us to advance. He said, be fruitful. He said, replenish the earth. The word replenish, it literally means to fill up, to perpetually renew, supply, and keep full. God's not talking about having a bunch of kids. He's talking about the earth. He's talking about this kingdom. He's talking about this, this garden they were in. He said, I want you to make this thing produce. He was endowing man with divine power to increase and excel in everything good. Man was empowered to fill the earth with God's goodness. That's what man's supposed to do. That was his job. Man, I tell you, that is something. So I think about my life, and then I think about this. Well, have you ever pulled weeds before? <laughs> you know, I've told you a little bit about my upbringing, and, and I was, I don't want to be crude here, but I was raised North American heathen white trash. I mean, that's what we were. <laughs> You know, we didn't know that's what it was called, but we got it figured out, or I figured it out after a while. And as, as a young man, our yard looked terrible. I mean, it looked terrible all the time. Always looked terrible. I mean, I had to mow it in the summertime, but, you know, we didn't even know what an edger was. I mean, it just was like growing over the sidewalk and all that stuff. And, I mean, and it was pretty much just cutting down the weeds. That was pretty much our job. But, but every year, every springtime, my stepfather decided that we were going to have a good yard this year. And so we are going to go out there and we are going to pull those weeds. I guess he never heard that you could put some kind of something on your grass, to, like, you know, like we do. We put weed and feed out there. But he never, he never heard that. But So we'd go out there every spring. My mom, my stepdad, my sister and I, every spring in the evenings, we'd go out, and on Saturdays, we'd go out and we'd pull weeds. 
I mean, there are millions of weeds in this yard. In fact, it's pretty much just all weeds. It had been easier for us if he had just take, gotten, a, gotten some kind of bulldozer and just taken all that out. Let's just start over. But we weren't going to do it that way. We were pulling weeds. It was a never-ending and thankless job. If you've ever pulled weeds in a yard that's mostly weeds, every time you get this section free, you think of weeds, you turn around, there's just more weeds there. And you miss most of them, you got to go back and keep pulling weeds. We just, we just pulled weeds over and over. And, and I mean, I never one time in that yard felt like I had dominion over the weeds. <laughs> it, just, it, just never, it just never happened. We just never had dominion over them. You know, and so and so we'd pull weeds for a couple of weeks and every day, and and finally we just would give up. <laughs> then the next year we'd do it all again. <laughs> we did not have dominion over the weeds. Right, one time I heard somebody say, I don't know who it was, it was at, at, at church, one of my church members probably. He said, "Well, God put Adam in the garden because he needed a weed puller in the garden." <laughs> That was his job. He was God's weed puller in the garden. Well, let me just talk for a minute about that. From the moment God breathed life into Adam, Adam knew inside of him he was more than a weed puller. When God blessed him, Adam had a desire for dominion. He knew that he was created for it. Besides that, there were no weeds in the garden. I mean, God gave the garden to Adam and Eve. If there'd have been weeds in it, he'd have pulled them before he gave it to them. I mean, he presented it as a gift to God. God didn't create Adam to be a servant to the earth. God created the earth to serve Adam. That was the creation. Adam was to be Lord with a little L over all the earth. That's what he made him to be. That's what he was supposed to be. Adam had this desire to have dominion. Do you know that desire for dominion has always been with man? Always. I mean, some have misused it and they want to have dominion over people. God never gave us dominion over people. It was never what God told us to do. God gave us free wills and, and he doesn't intend for us to use dominion to, to, to make people subservient to us. But there's this desire in mankind to have dominion. That's why we want to go to the moon. That's why we want to climb Mount Everest. That's why we want to go to the, the deepest part of the ocean. That's why we just want to win king of the hill. It's always there. I mean, I read this week that, that uh, NASA intends to land a man on, the, on Mars by 2035. I mean, we're talking about 16 years from now. They intend for man to be on Mars. I mean, there's just this dominion that, that men want to have have it. God blessed Adam. Through that blessing, he said, Prosper, fill this planet with my glory. He's saying, Adam, I want you to finish what I've started. Fill it with my glory. Fill it with my love. Fill it with faith, holiness. Fill it with everything that is good. That's what God did with Adam. He put him in this in here and he did that. And so when God put him in there, he put him in this garden and he empowered him to finish the world. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. God finished it when he rested. He was finished with what he was going to do. He was finished with his part. It wasn't complete. 
Although the Garden of Eden was a perfect place, it was thoroughly supplied with everything that Adam needed. And if I just said something that blew your mind, just listen for a second. It didn't cover the whole planet. If it had covered the whole planet, then there would have been nothing for Adam to do. There were no weeds. Everything just produced. Why would he have to have a job? Well, I guess then he'd just sat around eating grapes. I don't know. The Garden of Eden, according to what we can find, the general location of Eden was where modern-day Iraq is today. Okay, let me read you some more verses. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, says this, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden, in, uh, out of Eden to water the garden. I mean, Adam didn't even have to water it. And from thence it was parted and became came it became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, which which it is that compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Wait a minute, this is the first time gold is mentioned in the Bible. There's, there's, if you study hermeneutics, there's a law of first mention. When something is first mentioned in the scripture, that's pretty much the way it is throughout the scripture. Gold is good. Gentlemen, it's almost Christmas. Gold is good. <laughs> I happen to know where you can get some gold for your beloved. Gold is good. It's good stuff. It says, and the gold of that land is good, and there's bdellium and, and the onyx stone. And the name of the second is, is Gihon, the, the same that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third is Hittichel, that is which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth is the Euphrates. And the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. While it was huge, it didn't cover the earth. If it covered the whole earth, when, God, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, the scripture says he cast them out of the garden. If the whole earth was covered with the garden, there would have been no place for them to go. He'd have to throw them into outer space somewhere. But he didn't. He forced them out of the garden. Okay? It was a marvelous place. I mean, there was a river that ran through it that watered it. The gold was good. There were gemstones. Uh, Bdellium is, is, is probably amber. Uh, the onyx probably would have been better translated emerald. I mean, there were all these gemstones. There were trees that had fruit and it was ripe just for the picking and the eating and that would have been a great place it was a blessed place it was it was full of everything good and nothing bad was in that garden it was really good however the rest of the earth wasn't like that otherwise adam wouldn't have needed this blessing on his life to increase things to renew things to supply it and keep it full so Adam had this job to do. God told him to dress it and to keep it. The word keep it means to guard it, to protect it. Now that's an interesting statement. I used to feel sorry for Adam and Eve. I mean, that sneaky devil came in there. They'd never seen the devil. And he came in and he tricked them and they ate the fruit. No, no, they knew there was a devil. They knew there was an enemy. Because God told them to guard the garden and not let him in there. He said, keep it. They had to know they were there. They were to keep it. Now, they weren't ignorant of the devil. 
But they were taken by surprise when he came into them in the form of a friend because the animals were all friendly with them. And that's where that, that took them, that caught them off guard. But they knew there was an enemy. And their job was to guard the garden, to keep him out. All right? And then they were to dress it. The, the little phrase dress it means to enslave, to bring into bondage, but more specifically, it means make it produce or make it grow. Adam's job was to keep the devil out and make the garden grow. Make it get bigger. Make it expand. That was his job. Man, that's, that's what he was doing. Man's job was to finish what God started. Man's job was to exercise dominion over the whole planet until the garden covered it. That was his job. That, that's a pretty big job when you consider how big Iraq is. Okay, he, he was, he was to, that was his job. God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, but because he was through with his part. And then he pronounced, after he pronounced his blessing upon Adam, he rested because he intended the blessing that he put on Adam to finish the job of making the earth totally replenished. Big job, but God wanted him to do it. I mean, he could have done it himself. I mean, in just a few minutes he could have done it. But he didn't. He wanted this, this expansion of the garden to be a family project. The father and his kids. He wanted it to be the garden spot of the universe. I mean, maybe that's why there's so many barren planets out there. Maybe he intends for us to take it there. I don't know. I'm, there's, yeah. no, there's no theology here. Just, <laughs> just say it. Man. The blessing of the Lord is still our divine mandate. There's still a kingdom that needs to be advanced. There's still a kingdom of God. God's goodness, God's kingdom needs to go into all the world. Listen to these verses of Scripture. This is Jesus speaking in John chapter 10. The Pharisees were, were mad at Jesus because he called himself the Son of God. Jesus said, Is it not written in your law, I said, or God said, Ye are God's. God said to the children of Israel, you are gods, little g. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I'm the son of God. God said, we are gods. These are, these are pretty, these are, this kind of mess with you a little bit, doesn't it? God gave us dominion. He said, you are gods. From the Bible, we can see that we're to dominate the earth. Jesus talked about, he didn't give any doubt about our authority on the planet. We are to operate like God. We are the little g-gods of this planet. We are to operate in authority over everything that walks, crawls, flies, swims, and creeps. We have authority over that. I mean, that means... Things that creep like the flu. We have authority if we understand what we're supposed to do. Most Christians act like weed pullers instead of lords. Jesus is the king of kings. We're those kings. He's the Lord of lords. We're the lords he's the Lord of. All right? But even when we are pulling weeds, we long for dominion. We long for it. I remember one of my kids... I don't remember exactly which one, but I think I know which one. They said, 
why do I have to do what you say? <laughs> and I said, because I'm the boss. And they said, well then, I want to be the boss. Because that's in all of us. It's in, it's, it's in all of us. Adam's mandate, which is our mandate, was God's blessing. A mandate is, is a commissioning to accomplish certain things. I mean, in politics, they have a, a mandate from the people. that means they got enough votes that they can do what they want. God's blessing on Adam was the mandate that delivered to him the responsibility and the resources to fill the earth with God's goodness. That's our mandate. Man, God's blessing gives man the divine commission and crowns us with the power that we need. It's his blessing. Listen to this verse. Psalm 8, verses 5 and 6. For thou hast made him man a little lower than the angels. Literally, thou hast made him man a little lower than Elohim. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, man, angels. Just so you might want to get that straight because we're going to judge angels at some point. All right. So, so he said he made him a little lower than Elohim and has crowned him, crowned man with glory and honor. And thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands and thou hast put all things under his feet. That's a pretty good verse of scripture there. That went with Psalm 115, 16 a while ago. That's where I was supposed to read that verse, I thought. We are crowned. We're crowned with glory and honor. The word crown means coronated. We've been coronated with the glory and honor of God that enables us to have dominion. When we think of a crown, we think of something we put on the head. But Adam's, in Adam's case, it was something he was clothed with. He was clothed with glory. Do you ever wonder why they didn't know they were naked? Because they were clothed in glory. Have you ever read the descriptions of God in, in, in the scriptures? They looked like fire all the time. I mean, well, that's what they were clothed in. They were just clothed in the glory. The glory of God was all over them. I mean, as long as it was in place, they didn't even need clothing because the glory was there. Now, let me get to the good part here. <laughs> Through Jesus, we have been restored to glory. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews 2, verse 10. For it became him, Jesus... For whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Now, this isn't talking about a place. It's not talking about going to heaven. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about our reinstatement to, into the blessing of the Lord through Jesus Christ. It's talking about God restoring us to the place of glory. I don't, it's not... It's not, that, it's not the glory that I created. It's God's glory that he wants to establish in this earth. He wants to see it. He's given his mandate, his divine commission. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, he said, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. This glory, Jesus said, he said, you know what? I have, I have all power. In that, go and do what I've commissioned you to do. Do, take this kingdom, take it, preach it, teach it, take it to people on the earth. 
The Bible says it has given us the power to carry it out. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. He's given us this mandate and then he empowered us to carry it out. We have something to do. He gives us instruction. He gives us power to take dominion over all the work of the devil. That's why We've got to support people that are going and, and doing some things. That's why we've got to be in prayer. That's why we've got to, we've got to have, have, be in agreement for, for our nation, be in agreement for our kids, be in agreement for these things. There's a mandate. We have authority. We have the, the authority of God to do that. We're empowered to operate in dominion and advance the kingdom of God. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Ooh, we need to wake up that way. We really do need to be the people. Then we wake up, man, the devil is like, oh, crud, they're awake again. <laughs> because we have dominion. we got to know who we are. we got to know who we are in Christ. Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. He's talking about here as we are marching and taking this kingdom we have his mandate his authority we have we have the authority of God over all that the devil can do the devil cannot stop the church if the church will advance the kingdom amen, amen. amen. you know what He's tried to stop it over and over again throughout history, and he cannot do it. I mean, it's gone underground, but it pops back up. It's, it, it's looked like the world, and then all of a sudden it has revival. I believe with all my heart, God's going to take the, let the kingdom burst out of us. We've got to advance it. We have authority to take dominion over all the power of the enemy. All of it. I love it. Nothing by any means will hurt you. Nothing. Not even one thing. No one and nobody is what that means. Nobody. No one shall by any means. It says not at all. Nobody. Not at all will they hurt you. They can't stop this kingdom because we have dominion and we have seed. God has given it to us. He has empowered us and he's blessed us. The scripture says in Acts, it says God gave Jesus Christ to bless you. We have his blessing in our lives. Man, there's no situation that will not be made right. There is no justice that will not take place. Man, we need to have, we have authority. Jesus' promise is that we have dominion over any injustice or wrongdoing. Man, that's powerful stuff. And, and we can't just lay down and say, well, hurry up and do it, God. God says, wait, 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 I get you the job. This is your job. I've given it to you. You know, if, if all this was about was just getting saved and hanging on till we go to heaven, what a waste of time. I think, I think God is, is a better planner than that. And I've said this many times. If it was just about going to heaven, then we can just hold them under longer when we baptize them. 
and they can just go ahead and go. I mean, you know, we just dunk them and then go to heaven. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, go on to heaven. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have a job to do. Now, it might not be. It, I, I may not have the job to go to Nairobi or Kenya or Pakistan. But I have a job to do where I am. I got to figure out that job and do it. I think there's a mandate on our lives to do whatever it is that God calls us to. His the blessing of the Lord mandates that we operate in dominion and power. We're to enlarge the kingdom and make it grow. That's our job. Let's pray. Father, tonight I thank you that you've given us dominion. I thank you, Father, that your word seems to be pretty clear. Our job is not to just sit and wait for Jesus to come. But our job is to take the kingdom, go into the world, and advance you wherever we go. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you honor and praise for your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.